All right, sixth grade, how are we doing tonight? Everybody feeling good, man? It is so good to see you guys. Raise your hand if you came last week to Chautoberfest. Wasn't that a ton of fun? We had a good time. Anybody catch a ton of candy on the candy drop? Oh, sad times, sad times. You know there's always next year, okay? Um, well, guys, listen, man, I'm so glad you're here. And here's the coolest part about Chocktoberfest, man. We had a blast. There was costumes everywhere, candy everywhere, craziness, chaos. But uh, the coolest thing, man, is that 14 middle school students gave their life to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that cool? Yeah, we can clap for that. We can clap for that. Amen. So God showed up, man. He was faithful. He did some cool things last week. And uh, you know what? If you were one of those people, we just want to say, man, we're proud of you, and we're so glad you're here tonight. So tonight, we get to start a new series called Battlefield, and I want to give you guys two truths kind of from the top tonight. And this is what this series is about. First thing is this, and it's in your notes, everyone has conflict. You have conflict. I have conflict. You may have conflict with your parents. You may have conflict with your coach. At school, you may have conflict with a referee on the sports field. I know for me, right, when I think back to my middle school and high school years, right, the worst place of conflict was probably when I was playing sports. I mean, because, guys, I am, I can be a little competitive, you know, just little competitive, and, um, and things can get intense on the sports field, you know what I mean? A referee makes a bad call or an umpire makes a bad call. And I was the type of person that would yell at him, right, as if he was going to change the call. Right? I was trying to make a point. Ridiculous. I'm even the guy, I mean, you can ask my amazing wife. You can ask her this question. I'm the guy watching a sports, you know, watching something on TV and at home, and I'm arguing with the TV, thinking that the referee can hear me arguing. If, if he can just hear me, if I can speak loud enough, maybe he'll change the call, you know, which is a little absurd, right? But I know for me, conflict, a lot of times, is it deals with sports. Now, your story may be different. I don't know about you, where you have conflict. Um, but here's the thing about conflict. It starts pretty early. As a matter of fact, perhaps it even starts when you're like an infant. Check out this video. Poor little baby, right? I mean, wow. I was just waiting when I'm watching the video, though. I was waiting on one of them to just slap the other. I'm, I'm kind of glad it didn't happen, but it would have been kind of funny. I mean, you know? So, but conflict, hey, listen, we all have conflict. And here's the second truth. Few people resolve conflict. So we all have conflict, but few people resolve conflict. Few people know what to do with conflict. It's kind of like this. It's like a Pyrrhic victory. Now, you guys have may never heard of may have never heard of that term, but a Pyrrhic victory is simply this. It is when we win the battle, but because of all of the force or energy or time, we may win the battle, but we end up losing the war. We win the battle, but we lose the war. Now, how many of you guys, anybody love history, social studies in the room? Anybody with me on that? Can I be honest with you guys? Can I be completely just, as your pastor, can I just be honest with you tonight? I think I probably fell asleep just about every history class I've ever had. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, but, but I appreciate... 
I'm not giving you permission to fall asleep in history class, okay? But I appreciate history. And there's one battle in particular that you guys may be familiar with, the battle on Bunker Hill. This is an example of an example of a Pyrrhic victory. So think about it like this. The British, right, they had like 2,000 men. They had better weapons. They had better training, right? All of these things, right? And then you got the colonials who had about half of the men, about 1,000 men, not as good of weapons, not as good of training. Colonials were like us versus the British. And so we are camped out on this hill, right? Battle on Bunker Hill. We're camped out on this hill, and the British, they send men to try to capture the hill, right? And two different times, America, the colonials, we won the battle. But then the third time, the British seized us, and they overtook the hill. But the problem was it cost them a lot. As a matter of fact, the British lost about 1,000 men. They lost about half of their soldiers. And so one of the generals was quoted for saying, hey, we may have won the battle, but we lost the war. It's kind of like this. Maybe you don't relate to history. You fell asleep like I do. Um, what about Taco Bell? Anybody a Taco Bell fan? I have a picture of Taco Bell. It is the best ever. And here's the thing about Taco Bell, right? <laughs> Taco Bell is one of those things, guys. Check, check this out. Taco Bell is one of those things where you win immediately, right? Because Taco Bell is good. I mean, a chalupa? Are you kidding me? I mean, a soft taco, a, a big nachos bel grande. Can you tell I'm hungry, right? So you may win immediately, but in the end, you're going to lose. Because in the end, you're going to be on the toilet. You know what I'm saying? It's going to do some crazy stuff to your stomach. It's kind of like this. You, you play now, but you pay later. You know what I'm saying? And when you eat Taco Bell, you know you're going to pay. An example of a Pyrrhic victory. Now think about it like this. Here's what I want you to hear. Battles are short-lived, but wars, wars affect years to come. Battles are short-lived, but wars affect years to come. Think about it like this. Arguments, arguments are short-lived, but relationships affect years to come. Arguments with people are short-lived, but a relationship affects years to come. So here's what, what that means. It's better to win the war. It's better to win the relationship every single time. But the problem is that a lot of us, we're so focused on winning the argument that we lose the relationship. That's what happens in a lot of our friendships. That's what happens sometimes with our parents. That's what happens sometimes even with a teacher. That's what happens is that we want to win the argument and we think we win this argument, we've won it all, but in, we end up losing the relationship. And Paul actually spoke to this. So if you have a Bible, I'd love for you to turn it open with me to page number 1138. 1138, Romans chapter 12. And to get us going here, here's what Paul is doing. Paul is talking, and Paul, the Apostle Paul, is the one who wrote the majority of the New Testament. And what he's doing is he's talking about how do we live differently? How do we live differently, right? And he says this. He says, love must be sincere. 
In other words, love people well, serve people well. The golden rule, treat others the way that you want to be treated. And then he gets to Romans chapter 12, verse 17. Here's what it says. Do not, do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. So right off the bat, Paul says this, don't repay evil for evil. What is our natural instinct. We want to repay. We want to retaliate. Someone pranks us, we're pranking them back, right? Which is kind of fun sometimes, let's be real. But it's not necessarily the right thing. Someone makes fun of us, we make fun of them back. Someone wrongs us, then we want to wrong them. Someone hurts us, we want to hurt them back. But this is what Paul says. Paul says, that's not right. Paul says, that's not the best decision. The best decision is not to repay evil for evil. He says, it's to love people well, despite what they do to you. He's trying to help us to see the way that we live life differently. It's kind of like this. Now, I know this may not be the best example, but I'm going to say it anyway. Because you will live this or you will get there eventually. It's kind of like you pull out your phone. you got a phone. Or maybe it's your tablet or maybe it's your computer. You get on Instagram. You pull up your Instagram feed. And you're just kind of looking at your Instagram feed. You're like, man, that's cool. That's funny. Oh, that's awesome. Then you see a selfie that you took of yourself. And underneath that selfie, somebody comments, you look dumb. Now, that is a rude comment to make. That is not an appropriate comment to make. That is not an acceptable comment to make. But here's what we want to do. We want to retaliate, right? And here's what we do when we retaliate. We take our little finger right here and we just type up some really mean words right over Instagram. We might comment on that picture or we might go to their personal Instagram and comment on theirs. And then we get in this Instagram social media battle. It's a battle of your fingers on your phone, right? And that's what we do. But what Paul is saying is, hey, listen, someone wrongs you on Instagram. He's saying, hey, maybe you should just encourage them. Maybe they're having a really bad day and they have to take it out on you. Now, is that easy to do? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's not easy to do. But doing the easy thing is not always the right thing. Doing the easy thing is not always the best thing. Sometimes doing what is right and what is good is challenging. So why would God ask us to do this? Well, look at this next verse, Romans 12, 18. It says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I mean, think about that, guys. Think about what Paul is telling us to do. Hey, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with the people in your school. Live at peace with the people in your classroom. Live at peace with the people on your sports team. Live at peace with the people in your church. Live at peace with the people in your family. He's saying as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It doesn't say live at peace, but only with the, the ones that really like you. It says, live at peace with everyone. And so here's the point Paul is making. It's actually our Bible of mine. Making peace is greater than making a point. Making peace is greater than making a point. See, because things, things like making a point, that is trying to win the argument. 
Making a point is something that lasts for a moment. But what will outlast that moment is making peace. Now, I know for me, when I was a middle school student, one of the areas that I really struggled in when it came to this was my relationship with my dad. Because I knew the right thing to do. I knew the best thing to do was to respect my dad, honor my dad, to hold him in high esteem, if you will. But because so many times I dug my feet in the ground to win arguments, it ended up really hurting my relationship with my dad. Instead of trying to make peace, I was always trying to make a point. And so a question for you is, what is it for you? Do you find yourself often trying to make a point, or do you find yourself trying to make peace? The Bible says this. It actually gives us a few things that will help us in this area. It says in Romans 12, Picking up on the next verse, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. What does Paul say? Paul says don't take revenge. He says two wrongs don't make a right. Just because someone does something to you doesn't mean that we are to do something else to them. I mean, think about, for example, our current state of our country. Now, I realize that probably most of you are not watching the presidential election. Okay? But, but, check it out. If you were to listen, excuse me, guys, no one needs to be leaving the room right now. No one needs to be leaving the room right now. What we find in the presidential election is what we, what we find is we find two candidates that are arguing with each other, that are retaliating against each other, that are making fun of each other. And then what happens is they go to social media and they put something on social media that could or could not be true. Then the other one puts something that could or could not be true, right? And so what the world, the example the world sets for us is, yeah, retaliate every time. Seek revenge. Someone wrongs you, you wrong them. But Paul is saying something very different. He's saying, don't take revenge. Now think about it like this, students. I believe, especially in a time like this, in a time where we're unsure about where our country is going, where it's kind of unknown, and all the other stuff and crime that's being taken place, you know the one place that should be a place of light is the church. I mean, this place right here should be the safest place that every single one of you and all of your friends should always be able to come, and you should never have to worry about someone doing you wrong, someone treating you in a way that you don't want to be treated. But see, it takes you to do that. You have to make those decisions. You have to make those Choices And see, another thing that Paul would say here is that we are not the judge. You're not the judge. I'm not the judge. It's not our responsibility to point people out or to tell people what they're doing wrong or to judge people when they make a bad decision. That's God's decision. God is the ultimate judge. It says, leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine and I will repay. 
Then he says this in Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, students, our tendency at times is if we see someone doing something they shouldn't do, we automatically start to think, well, maybe that's okay for me to do too. So we might see someone disrespect their parents or disrespect a teacher, and we may think, well, that was kind of cool. I'll do that too. And what happens is a ripple effect takes place. Or maybe we're sitting in this room, and we might see someone start talking when they shouldn't be talking. And so we start thinking, well, I can do that too. And then it affects everyone in the room. It affects what people can listen to. It affects them being able to connect with God. It affects them being able to pay attention. It affects maybe them even being able to learn something that they were here to learn about and to understand. But see, we naturally want to do, and we, then we want to think, if they're doing it, then I can do it too. And this happens in other ways, right? Someone hurts your feelings or gossips about you or lies to you. We sometimes let those things overcome us. We sometimes let those things overpower us. And before we know it, we're trying to take revenge. Before we know it, we know it we're trying to retaliate. We're trying to wrong them because they wronged us. Now I want you to think about something. Jesus Christ did the exact opposite. Let me think about this. Jesus came into a world of hostility, came into a world where he was really ridiculed, made fun of, put on a cross for something that he didn't do, and yet not one time did he seek revenge. Not one time did he say, I got to repay them for what they're doing to me, and thank God that he didn't. And I know what you may be thinking, well, I'm not Jesus. You're exactly right. You, you get a point for that answer. We are not Jesus, but Jesus is our example. In everything we do, every way, shape, and form, Jesus is and always be the example. So think about it like this. Just because there's evil around me doesn't mean there has to be evil in me. Just because it's around me doesn't mean that it has to be in me. Just because people are doing the wrong thing on your sports team or on Instagram or in your family or at school or in your classroom or even here at M12, it doesn't mean that you have to join them. It doesn't mean that you have to judge them. It doesn't mean that you have to point your finger at them. And so this is what Paul would say. Instead of seeking revenge, he would say, choose peace. Choose peace. Instead of seeking revenge and doing what the world would tell you to do, live differently and choose peace. And I love what he said in the passage. As far as it depends on you, choose peace. See, students, here's what we know to be true. We all have conflict. And most people, well, here's the thing. 100% of the time, in any conflict we have, we cannot control the other person. You can't control what the other person says. You can't control the other person, what they put on Instagram. You can't control what the other person does. But you can control yourself. And I love what Paul says. He says, as far as it depends on you, seek peace. As far as it depends on you, choose peace. See, everyone goes to war 
And some go to war to win the war, and some go to war to win the relationship. And I want you to think about for yourself, maybe in your life right now, you have a conflict. Maybe you're in a conflict with your mom or your dad. Maybe you're in a conflict with a friend. Maybe you're in a conflict where you you did something that you shouldn't have done at school or on the sports field. We all have conflict. But what God would want us to do would be resolve it. Make it right. And so tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to create space for you to get some guidance. See, like I said earlier, for years... My relationship with my dad was tough, and it was because for so many times and years, I was trying to win arguments, and in trying to win arguments, it damaged our relationship. Now, through a lot of time and prayer, God has made that healthy again. My relationship with my dad is, is great, but it took time, and it took prayer. And So here's what we want to do tonight. We have one more song that we want to play um, and then in time of response, what I want to invite you to do is there might be something going on in your life right now, some area of conflict, and you want to make it right, you want to choose peace, you want to make peace, but you don't know how to get there. You know, and sometimes the best thing that you could do is have someone pray for you. It's have someone share with someone what's going on, And have them pray for you to have strength. Have them pray for you to be able to choose peace instead of trying to make a point. So this is what we're going to do tonight. During this song, all of your small group leaders are going to be in the very back of the room. And if you're here tonight and you would say, you know what, that is me. I want to pray with somebody. I want to seek peace. And I want to make peace in this particular conflict but I need prayer. And so we want to create space tonight for you to do that. And you might want to go and pray as a group with your leader. You might want to go just personally one-on-one with your leader. You may be here tonight and you may not have a conflict right now and you, you don't feel like you need to pray with a leader. That's okay too. But this next few moments is a time for you to, to meet and connect with God. Maybe you just want to sit where you're at, and maybe you just want to talk to God a little bit. Maybe you want to write something down. We have a prayer request box right here by the door, and we have one on your way out. Maybe you want to drop in a prayer request and let us know how we can pray for you. But as I pray, I want you to think about, man, is there something in my life? Is there a conflict in my life that I've been trying to make a point, and God's telling me to make peace? So let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you. Man, we just praise you for who you are. We thank you, God, that you are a God who loves us, who helps us in the area and times of conflict. And I pray for these students. I pray that you would help them to choose peace. In Jesus' name.